Who should we trust? I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I'm sure I'm not the only one. It seems like on any given topic, there's just such an amazing array of opinions on it. COVID is always the thing that comes first to mind for me, whether it's the vaccines or the efficacy of masking or the economic policies that we instituted and the effects they might have had towards inflation and this, that, and other. And, um, and as you know, of course, every topic is this way. And now we all have access at our fingertips to just such a wide array of loud voices that seemingly are, know what they're talking about. <laughs> and so as you scan Twitter trying to answer a question for yourself like, oh, is the vaccine safe to take? You could certainly go to the CDC, web, the CDC website, right? And you could, you know, try to parse through the data they have on the the clinical trials. But most of us don't do that. Most of us, you know, we offload our trust onto individuals. Um, people that we, we decide are trustworthy, are, you know, good, are accurate, intelligent, all the rest. And... How do we decide that? How do we how do we sift through the rubble and decide who we're going to trust on any given topic? And so what I've done is try to think through 10 different proxies or 10 different heuristics you'd use to decide who to trust. Uh, and this is independent of the topic. It's just on any issue. <clears throat> and I'm trying to arrange them from what I, what I view as the weakest uh, heuristic to the strongest heuristic. And so the, the, the weakest one out of the 10 is, is trust those who agree with us the most. And I think we can all see why this is just ridden with uh, problems, but I think it's, it's worth saying because I think a lot of us do that. <laughs> the reason that um, left wing people watch MSNBC is uh, not necessarily because they're more accurate and they might be, uh, I can't speak to that. And the reason right wing people watch Fox news is, uh, not necessarily because they're more accurate. They might be, I can't speak. I'm not interested in that in the moment. It's because they agree with us, right? So we trust, we place our trust on it. A lot of people, uh, place their trust with those who agree with them. Uh, those networks, those institutions, those people, those individuals. And of course, you know, as we've, we've all heard by now, confirmation bias is not the best way to lead toward, uh, truth towards a connection with reality. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the weakest heuristic. I think it's pretty commonly used though. Uh, the second one would be trust those with the strongest opinions. And this is, you know, it's kind of makes sense. Again, people come at you with a very strong conviction. You assume that behind that strong conviction is equally strong research, uh, evidence, um, and, you know, so, so passion is a, is a proxy for truth, uh, uh, yeah, conviction, loudness. And I think, again, it's just not connected. It's just not a good heuristic because I know for myself that I've often had very convicted, heated arguments with people when I didn't know what the F I was talking about. So it's completely possible to spin up our conviction, to rev that engine, to feel so solid in what we believe, um, and fiery about it too, without having done the due diligence to understand the situation, understand the topic, understand our own preconceptions about it, and then, and thus where our biases might be, where our blind spots might be. And so, 
yeah, strongest opinions is not a good, another not so good heuristic for who we should trust. What about trust those with the biggest platforms? In a way, it's not the stupidest thing because we all have to kind of collectively, we rely on the collective to be judgment, to make judgments about the trustworthiness of individuals. And so if you go on Twitter, you see somebody with 20 million followers, you think, okay, a lot of people view this person as trustworthy. Of course, you know, 20 million followers is probably a celebrity. It's not somebody who's really pontificating about topics, uh, about questions that human society is wrestling with. But if you didn't, if you just look at say historians, uh, is the, the historian with a hundred thousand followers more trustworthy than a historian with 5,000 followers? And again, it's not the craziest thing because in science, the way you determine somebody's, what would you say, value to the field, um, their power, their, you know, influentialness is, is by how often they're cited by others. Um, and, and so in science, that is a decent heuristic for who you should trust on a given topic is who's cited the most, because that's again, it's almost like votes in a, in a democratic way of who they think is closer to the right answers collectively. That is uh, the members of the, that scientific discipline. And so it's, it's akin to that, right? Uh, who, who has the biggest platform on Twitter or could, could be on cable news. You know, do I trust, t- trust Tucker Carlson more than Rachel Maddow? Cause he has a, he has a larger platform. I think he does. I would assume he does. And I think, Ah, you know, when you take this concept out of the scientific discipline and that that concept of citing, I think it's just not, not, not a very good idea anymore because there are so many ways to gain large followings. Even if you're a pontificator, not a celebrity, you know, as a pontificator, that are have nothing to do with the search for truth. <clears throat> you know, in general, more uh, extreme views will get more interaction. More extreme opinions will get more extreme, more interaction, whether that's eyeballs on a TV screen or shares on a tweet. <clears throat> and that's just one of many reasons why I think it's you know, another weak heuristic. All these are understandable heuristics, really. I mean, if you're, because it's really, it's a really confounding problem. It really is to try to decide. I mean, back in the day, maybe you had, you know, your newspaper and your, your Walter Cronkite. And it was relatively easy because those were the people who were pontificating. You might have had, you know, some aunts and uncles and cousins with different opinions on things. Um, but it's pretty easy to <laughs> dismiss a lot of that because, you know, they're all kind of full of shit. But now when there's just so many sources of information that seemingly are credible, um, it's a really vexing question about how, how to form, formulate the who the hierarchy of trust for our lives you know who should we place our trust in so anyway okay moving beyond the the biggest platforms uh trust those who have looked into the topic the most so this is somewhat like expertise right um because there's kind of there's obviously professional expertise and amateur expertise and say if we're talking about the vaccine the covid vaccine um uh you know vaccinologist uh, a virologist would be someone who with professional expertise and then somebody who just loves researching rabbit holes and probably gets themselves into a tizzy about uh, all sorts of things the government wants to hide from you. Those are, you know, amateur, um, amateur expertise in quotes there. Um, And so I guess, yeah, the question about expertise, 
we're going to come back to. But we all know, I think what I'll, what I'll say about this is, is okay, we're looking at just the amateur expertise idea, the people who on an amateur level have looked into the topic the most. So if I look at a question about, you know, say, <clears throat> what, is, uh, what do immigrants do to native-born uh, workers' wages? But this is a thing people talk about a lot. We can't just have all the immigrants come into our country because one of the things they will do is depress the wages of the native-born. Um, and that's a claim on reality. And um, we could say, okay, I have a couple friends and they have a different opinions on it. Should I trust the friend who's done more research on that topic? They're not economists. They need, neither of them are economists. They're just, you know, people who like consuming news and talking about news or whatever. Opinionated people. And makes sense, right? We should trust, trust the person who looked into it more. Unfortunately, absent, uh, you know, a deep humility and a deep appreciation of um, the role of biases in our, in our ability to gather balanced information and our, you know, preconceptions and how those uh, distort and warp our search for information, I think... It's just not a good, not another not good heuristic because somebody could spend 12 hours researching something and if they don't watch out for their biases and their, the way their preconceived notions are tripping them up in their researches, they won't be any closer to the truth than they were before. They might be armed with better uh, evidentiary backups for their previously held notions, but they won't have explored, importantly, they won't have explored their blind spots. And uh, so that in and of itself, looking time spent looking into a topic is not enough. Um, but we'll circle back to that a little bit in a second here. Uh, okay, so another option is trust those who the people you trust trust. And so this is, you know, it sounds kind of circular, but it's not all that crazy. It's like if I have a friend who seems like a really smart guy, smart gal, and they say, oh, you should follow this person. They have really interesting things to say about COVID. They have really interesting things to say about uh, politics or something. But And I trust that friend. I I know them to be a, you know, humble, intelligent um, truth seeker, somebody who seems to, you know, not, not BS too much. Then that's a good, that seems like a decent heuristic, right? And it's not the worst idea. But again, we're left with that same problem of, that bubble that we're all constantly subconsciously creating around ourselves of conform, not conformity confirmation. And so we are naturally inclined to trust those friends around us who see the world similarly to the way we do, which means they probably have similar blind spots the way we do. Um, and so we're left with the same problems of confirmation bias, but as I said, I'm trying to get these from worst to best. So, so I'm not saying that these are all, you know, absolutely, you know, devoid of any value as heuristics for who to trust. I'm just saying that they're not as good as they could could be. And there's elements of each that obviously have value. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. So, trust those who are the most intelligent. And this is a uh, another seemingly common sense one. Um, intelligence is not always easy to define, obviously, but. You know, in some ways, we kind of know it when we see it to some degree. You know, a large, wide-ranging body of knowledge could be very uh, apropos to the topic at hand. They could be an expert in that field. Or it could just be somebody who just reads a lot. You know, there are people who are just, they just 
spend a lot of time thinking and reading and um, we kind of naturally view them as more intelligent. And, you know, one of the big problems here is when you, if you become a doctor, a PhD, say of whatever, uh, an MD, we often collectively, we will uh, imbue that person with that generalized sense of intelligence which then gives them the authority to speak on a lot of other matters um, where they're not necessarily experts. And so I think intelligence is a fine concept. Um, We just have to be careful with that and, you know, whatever the the mission creep of intelligence where we know this, our buddy of ours, who's a great accountant, right? And he's just really good with numbers. And then he's, he says something else about politics and like, he seems like a really smart guy, you know, this is, this is probably worth listening to. And then we realize mm, these disciplines have nothing to do with each other. And some aspects of intelligence are general, but, but, uh, at some point I shouldn't trust his opinion on politics any more than anybody else's. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a tricky one. And then so intertwined with that is, is I think even more worrisome in a way or more distracting is our articulateness. And intelligence doesn't always overlap with articulateness. It often does, but there are people who are just really good with words and you hear them talking on an interview on a podcast or something. And I'm just like, just like every word seems perfect. Every word, you know, not, not a word out of place. And each word they chose for that sentence is just so perfect. Right. Um, and these might also be in the form of speeches too, but often I just listen to so many podcasts. I'm here, so many interviews and there are some people who are just, just the words that flow out of them. It's just like, it's just like butter to listen to. It's very pleasurable to listen to because it's so well formulated and, um, you know, their vocabulary is usually really, really large. And what I've come to understand about articulateness is that it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous because they can, with the power of those really beautiful words, they can smooth over very quickly, all the spots that they don't actually know about. And so they can make claims about reality that are actually quite, uh, quite a stretch, quite large claims, quite ambitious claims about the nature of reality, but they sound common sense. And that's what articulateness can do is it can make, you know, large claims that aren't necessarily backed up by evidence sound totally commonplace. Like trying to think of a good example. Like we all know that that, um, that <laughs> I can't even come up with one. I'm not articulate enough of that. I've, I've really come to see articulate articulateness as like a spell that, that the speeches can lull us into this, this kind of like a dream state where it's like everything becomes so believable because the words are so perfectly chosen. And when people don't stumble over their words, it, it really makes us trust them more at least me. And we have to watch out for that because I think it's not only the listener that can get deceived, um, but also the, 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 the speaker, the, they can, they can deceive themselves because they have the right words to make things sound common sense. And that is a real knack. It's a real magical trick to make things that you don't absolutely know to be true, that you don't have the evidence to back up sound really true. Um, and of course, these articulate people do say a lot of true things. And then interspersed in there are things that are, again, opinions. And so what what I've tried to go about doing is when I listen to really articulate people talk, I always try to think, okay, there's these spots within that conversation that they don't know that. They don't know that. 
they have that intuition and they can have the right words to make that intuition sound common sense. But I should say, how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know that? And not with everything, but just those little moments. Um, and so again, art- intelligence, articulateness, these, these are decent heuristics for who to trust. They're not terrible, but they're lacking, right? They're still lacking. And so, you know, this is kind of the next one is kind of wrapped in with that expertise question. It's trust those with the right credentials. And so credentials as a proxy for expertise, which again is, you know, decently fair. Um, I think on average, if you said, um, I have questions about, you know, nutrition or questions about, you know, medical science or the vaccine on average, would you trust somebody with an MD more than trust somebody without an MD? Absolutely. Right. That's not an, a, on average, that's a totally fine bet to make. Um, and that's what heuristics are. They're just bets. They're just averages, right? You're just trying to average out things because you know that no heuristic is going to get you there all the time. But then of course we've seen lots of MDs with really freaking kooky ideas. Um, so credentials alone certainly don't guarantee anything. Uh, and then intertwined with that is we could, we could, should we trust the most storied institutions? Um, like trust the New York times because they've been around forever. They seem to have a really high journalistic integrity. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst. It's not the worst method. And I think it's, it's, you'll see why I think it's still lacking when I get to the, the last couple, um, heuristics. And so the next heuristic, and this is, you know, just kind of like a, it's not, it's kind of a, anyway, let's just, so you trust those with the, who are the most humble, because one of the things I keep coming back to is that as a fundamental truth, it's just really difficult to know about the world. It's very easy to be out of touch with reality. And it's very hard to be in touch with reality because we're not evolved for that. You know, we don't need to be all that accurate to survive and procreate. It's not necessary. So our brains weren't evolved for, uh, accuracy and for really trying to see the world clearly. Um, not to say it's not possible. It's just not what we were evolved to do. And let alone the fact that the world is an extremely complex place, way larger than us, almost impossibly large in our ability to comprehend it with, you know, innumerable data points on any given topic pointing in all sorts of different directions. And so, uh, we should be, it seems like humility is, is such a, is such a, just an obvious place to live. Right. And so, yeah, should I trust those who are the most humble who are just, and then but this can be taken too far in a way where there's somebody who's just unwilling to say anything because they're so aware of how little they know. Um, and you see this sometimes in experts, you'll ask them questions, anything beyond their core expertise. And even within their core expertise, if it's not backed up by the evidence, they're just unwilling to say anything. <laughs> and I mean, maybe they are the most trustworthy, but even outside that world of expertise, you can have people who are just really humble. Like, Oh, I just don't know anything about that. I can't really talk about that, but they also aren't all that curious. They don't really want to know either. And so it's actually a pretty mature thing to just say, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. So I'm not really open. You know, I don't really have anything to say about that. <clears throat> but unless you combine that with a humility with a deep desire to learn, to know, then humility in and of itself is, is not a, uh, you know, the full heuristic that I would want to get to. It's a pretty good one. At least keep you from being led astray. If you just only trusted very humble people, the amount of bullshit that you would believe would probably go way down. 
So that'd be good. So I guess where I would end with this is the way I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around, or the, or I'm trying to find the right words for this, but the way I'm stating it right now is trust those who most want to know the truth. And that's kind of a funny way to do it because how are you supposed to know? It's just a, you know, that's not something that people, they don't wear a little meter on their chest that says, I want to know the truth this much. And so I, I guess we have to come up with proxies for what wanting to know the truth looks like. And I think the first, it's like there's three legs to this stool of a desire to know the truth. One is what we just talked about, which is humility. You're always coming back to universe is hard to understand. It's hard to understand. I'm full of biases. I'm full of biases. And so that's that humility. Uh, there's so much to know that I don't know. <clears throat> the second one is that curiosity. And it's almost like a greediness. Like it's the, the people that I, I really trust are like, they're like, I want to know. I, I, it's not, I almost need to know. I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. And you combine that, that kind of, mm, that hunger for knowledge, that hunger for truth with that, that humility, that is an amazingly potent mix. Um, and then of course, if you can also, that third leg of that stool would be actual expertise in a given field. I think that's as good as it gets. Those three things in one person where they have actual expertise, they're very humble about their ability to see the world clearly. And, but they're also extremely curious. They really want to know. They really want to know, does the vaccine, um, you know, does that fourth dose of the vaccine reduce uh, the chance of severe illness? And that they really want to know that. But a lot of people don't care. So if you don't care, that's not enough. Humility is not enough, right? Um, and honestly, if you just combine, even if you, you say, okay, I'm just going to be talking to amateurs. There's no expertise here. So then if you just combine that, that curiosity with that humility, it's like those two items together form the desire for, for truth. And so when I said, trust those who most want to know the truth, that means to me, that means somebody who's, who's trying to ride that line, who's trying to keep their, those two, the doses of those two um, chemicals that, that humility and that curiosity, that desire, oh, I need to know in really good balance. And that's who I'm going to trust. That's who I'm going to trust. And in a, a few different ways, this would fall out too. If you say a few other clues that somebody would leave behind, that is that they, that they really want to know the truth because I want to, I want to follow people. I want to listen to people who really have desire to know things, to know the truth of things. Um, and so one thing is, is if they have a really strong desire to know the truth is that they're going to cherish getting to the truth more than they will cherish their preconceptions. So these people, they're not going to be neutral people necessarily. They might be, but that doesn't mean they don't have convictions. They don't have preconceptions. They don't come in with, you know, maybe a, and if it's political, they don't come in with a left-right bias. They, they probably will come up with a left bias or a right bias. But the key thing is they want to know the truth more than they want to see their pre, their preconception confirmed. Um, and it's like that hierarchy will keep them relatively safe. Um, and, another, you know, so the way that might show up is that they're willing to, what do they call it in court? They call it an admin, an admission against interest, right? When people are willing to admit things that go against their self-interest, that's, that's, uh, again, it's a willingness to get to, to, to put the desire to for, put the search for truth above desire to protect one's own interests. 
And that's potent. That is, that is to me as good as it gets. So there's all these little breadcrumbs that someone who, who wants to, who most wants to know the truth leaves around. They contradict themselves. They contradict their, you know, their, the groups that they are naturally inclined to be aligned with based on their personality and, you know, preconceptions. They are careful about always caveating what they say, but they're not so careful that they don't ever explore and try on, try on relatively big statements because they know that curiosity requires you to take some creative leaps sometimes all the while knowing that you're probably wrong. You're probably wrong and you're probably still wrong and you're probably still wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just looking for those people. I'm looking for those people that have that, that really potent mix of humility and that burning desire to know more about the universe. And if you can throw in some expertise on the field that we're talking about, that's as good as it gets to me. But I'm also trying to, you know, use these, use heuristics as a way to evolve myself as a thinker and become more trustworthy. And to do that means I have to acknowledge that I'm, I'm probably laying this out wrong (laughs) and uh, I'm probably missing something, but, but uh, it's the best I got for right now. And as always, if if you have thoughts, if you have uh, feedback, you think I'm way off base, hit me up at uh, happy when curious at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next week on happy when curious. (music) 